Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Drink Talking with The Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Capon. All the booze, news and views. From absinthe to Zinfandel. Tall tales and cocktails. Hello everybody, hello listeners. This is It's a Drink Talking, a podcast all about drink. We are gathered here today again We've been kicked out of our normal abode. We done something wrong. I I don't know what it is. I think you spilt your wine. Remember a couple of weeks ago, you were a bit clumsy. So I think we've been kicked out of there and we've moved into what I can only describe as a kind of budget penthouse flat (laughs) with no furniture in it. But it's quite nice. We can see next door. We've got the Shoreditch skyline, a lot of cranes. uh, Still building. There's a lot of offices around. It's quite remarkable how, considering how thriving... London is to see how many vacant offices there are yeah. in the heartland of city. Mm. A bit worrying, isn't it? Media. Thatcher's Britain. Oh, yeah. Thatcher's Britain. How are you mm. doing, Sam? Very well, thanks. How are you? All right, you're, may I just say, your eyes are looking <laughs> absolutely <laughs> gorgeous today. What have you done to your, your eyes? <laughs> You, your face is looking much better than it normally face does today. <laughs> what a lovely it's face! The same face. Uh, are you commenting on my eyelash extensions? Yeah, oh, <laughs> Look at them, so lush. Yeah, yeah they're good. They um, they just glue these fake eyelashes onto your real eyelashes. So you wake Yikes. up in the morning. <laughs> that doesn't oh. sound. It's, it so takes lush. about an hour, and actually they do have to stick something in your eye. What, so they don't glue your eyes together? Yes, yes, oh, which is slightly uncomfortable. It's a, it's a huge relief when that comes off, and you, your eyes do water quite a lot. But the advantage is, you don't have to bother with any makeup. No, but I don't either, so... And look at yeah, but you've got good eyelashes. <laughs> what are eyelashes for? Keeping uh, dirt, dirt out of your eyes. Yeah. Do you find you're having less dirt in your f- eyes? Definitely. <laughs> Don't know, I did actually have quite a red eye this morning, so I wasn't oh, okay. sure. <laughs> so, well, they look beautiful. Um, Thanks. What I like about it is that you can't tell what's so beautiful about it, but it's, it definitely works. Thanks. Tom, you've got lovely eyelashes I'll as tell well. you what I've got. I've got lovely eyebrows, because I had a haircut the other day, and they cut my eyebrows again. Did they really? Which seems to be now a, a regular, a yeah, regular yeah, occurrence. No. She asked me if I'd like my eyebrows cut. Now, two years ago, this first happened to me, and I said, no, yeah. why, do you, why are you going to cut, cut my hair? That's why yeah. I'm here. Why do you want to cut my pubes as well? <laughs> you know, what are you going to cut? There's a lot of hair on my body. <laughs> and um, they cut my eyebrows, and then I realised well, they, 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 they trim them. And once they've been there, yeah, you can't go you back. Can't go back. Yeah. And, um, so but you are 
good going over this time. I was quite impressed. But I find that I often leave the hairdressers or the barbers and I'm like, oh, I forgot to ask them. And when you have your hair short, if you've got long eyebrows, they look even more <laughs> no. ridiculous. And your eyebrows are black versus your increasingly yeah. tidy yeah. grey hair. I look like, is it Alistair Darling? That similar... <laughs> a badger. Yeah. You look like a badger. Um, yeah, my eyebrows I thought you were going to say, my hair. I always forget to ask them to put a mirror around the back of my head to check it's all <laughs> right. Care. It's in the never, back. They I'll never, never forget that. <laughs> no. It's really oh, useful. Whenever they do that... I'm, no, I'm, no, no. I don't <laughs> like it. Let's get this podcast done yeah. quickly, guys. Okay. We've got to get another room. Fancying each other quite a lot this morning. <laughs> so this pool, we've even had a drink. So anyway, I'm hosting this shebang this week. We, as ever, kick off with Spit or Swallow. And I want to start with my spit. And this is something that's annoyed me for a while. I can't believe I've not mentioned it before. Tom? It's just Tom. <laughs> it's totally Tom. Tough. Uh, no, it's um, kind of two things, really, combined together. It's wackaging, mm. which is wacky packaging, mm. which is one thing that's annoying. Have you just made that word no, up? No, 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 it's it a the thing. There's a, on Twitter, put in hashtag wackaging, you'll see loads of different examples. Okay. Um, but more than that, it's to make it more drink-related, it's chatty pub chalkboards. Ooh, you know, you're yes, walking down yes, the street yes, yes. and there's like unattended children. We will be giving a coffee and a free kitten or husband crash or <laughs> alcohol because no great story started with eating a salad or uh, all those the other one that really pissed husband me off. Crash, that's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Free air guitar with every pint. If, so, if I ordered a pint and the guy behind or girl behind the bar did an air guitar... You punch them. Oh no, I wouldn't. That's a sort. I mean, we when but it, I would leave. Yeah, I used to work in a company set up a financial product called Egg. Listeners, this is <laughs> this yeah. is gold. But every morning, the training instructor would come in and put, "I get knocked down, but I get up again." On a oh on a my stereo god, and do air guitar into the room. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Je- yeah, Ricky Gervais mock too. Yeah, what well, it is? It's that you I don't have ask. to be crazy to work here, but it helps, yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But the, what inspired me was this, a mate called Tom who I don't think listens to this podcast, but um, he WhatsApped me with this thing he saw in St. Margaret's, which is an area of West posh London. Enclave of posh Enclave of Richmond. Posh Enclave of Richmond, yeah. Great curry house there. Yeah, they've got some good stuff, but there's a new company there called Holly & Co. And I'm going to name and shame them because okay. they're set up by the person who set up not on the high street.com, oh, yeah. but yeah. they're on the high street. So yeah. Yeah, how'd yeah. you see that? There's no way they'd ever sponsor us for anything. No, so. no, no, so, no, no. Yeah, no. Go for well, it, I, would, I would refuse their money on the, this basis. This is on the A board outside the shop. When you buy from us, you buy from a small business and an actual person does a little happy dance. Be the cause of someone's happy dance today. Uh, or you could burn a shop down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just... Yeah, that's, uh, what, that's it's annoying, what I find annoying about this whole thing is it, it's all about you... being Instagrammed and being put on... Also, yeah, can I be honest, A, it's humourless. Yeah, it's And I funny. do quite yeah. like humour. So that's just wank. B, <laughs> it's not true. And C... It's almost like a little element of guilt when they're like, mm. you know, come and buy from us, we're independent. Well, only because you've got millions from selling out to not on the high street. Okay, shut up. Because this is, um, <laughs> this got me onto this wackaging thing. Yeah. Because it's the same kind of thing. Pret a Manger has, on some of its bottles of like, um, great sandwiches or something, great sandwiches, <laughs> but they say best when chilled, as indeed we all are. Ooh. Uh, it's just, ah, so annoying. Chilled, dude. It's just Cowabunga. so annoying. Sorry, one more from the beer world. Topless barmaids, free beer and false advertising. If I see that one more, one time. more time. Topless? Topless barmaids. barmaids. Sexist. 
Where is this? No, free beer and false advertising. Oh, you see, oh, Tom's yeah, not seen it before. He likes it. No, I do because yeah. I was. I would have been in. Yeah, he would have read. You would have read the, the rest of it. <laughs> Just <laughs> what? <laughs> in this day and age, banging on a door at nine o'clock in oh, the morning. It's Browns of Shoreditch. Oh, <laughs> that isn't false advertising. Is that a stripper? It is yeah. a stripper. Yeah. It's just not funny. Why are we being treated like children? Mm. This is on Instagram or the Twitter, and it says Monday should be a man. It always comes too soon. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's a race, Ben. It's and I always come first. Yeah. The in only your reason face. people not are so face. Not in your face. The only um, reason they're so unhappy is because they lose again. Yeah. <laughs> I win again. <laughs> I do a happy dance when I win. <laughs> Anyway, stop treating us like children. Pub A boards should say what kind of beers they've got or spirits, or whatever, the price, and that should be it. I wouldn't I don't even know. I don't I mean, know. What do you need one? He's a I pub. I, I, I know what's inside. I hope oh, the other one that really annoys me. Booze. The other one really annoys me. It's like one arrow pointing away from the pub going, oh, scary bears, and then an arrow going into, into the pub, pub going, safety, drink, or something. It's just like. Are we children? Oh, okay. it's just mm. annoying. Well, okay. I have to say, where uh, I live, you don't get any of that rigmarole. It's good. just... No, um, you don't... I think it's my, a London my, thing. my way either. And Our local pub is, is advertising the World Cup. We're going to be showing every that's game. That's good, yeah. I yeah, I'll advertise um, yeah. hot drinks and soup. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's the oh, other that's one. Useful. But there is a soup of the day. It says yeah. whiskey. <laughs> uh, so that's annoying. And the wackaging thing was started by Innocent Smoothies. I went to their offices and they all walk around barefoot because all the floor was all kind of grass and everything. The thing to do there is to go in there and just, like, before they get in Take the a office, dog. like, smash loads of glass on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. That'll show them. You film it. Turn it anyway, we've, we've hard, totally really. any chance of being sponsored by any of those people. Yeah, Innocent, I like. Yeah, just yeah. The record. Yeah. So, the humorous pub chalkboard. That's my Love bit. And uh, my uh, swallow is a bar in the west end of Glasgow confiscated mobile phones from punters they just said no mobile phones oh my god I've been there have you yeah you're not allowed to what's it called um, give me a list of three and I'll have to pick it um, the King George it's not, not that, that one I, <laughs> yeah, you right. just made the King's that. Arms yeah yeah it's that one yeah. <laughs> no. the Red Lion or the Mallard is the, is... <laughs> it's none of those is it okay mm. it's called the Mallard okay and it's I'm, on I'm Great Western before, Road before we go on wait a minute now if they are banning mobile phones all I'd say is are they offering any other reading material of any sort? Because I, I use my phone to read a paper while I'm waiting for my friends. I mean, say friends. <laughs> I, no one's coming. No. I'm there on my own. But I, I like a pint and I read the paper. When a pub doesn't have a paper, I read my phone. Okay, I That's can valid, understand. So what they do here, upon entering the venue, customers will be required to deposit their phone into a box and will be able to retrieve it when they leave. I think, in principle, this is good because yes. it encourages mm. conversation, blah blah blah. They I like are to copying Instagram another my pub. drink as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's why they should get their phone <laughs> they and They are shove copying another ass. pub because basically, I've definitely been, some friends of ours live in Edinburgh and they've got a pub. That's I a think, different city. That's why I didn't recommend Yeah, that's, that'd yeah. be it. Yeah, Scotland. Goddamn geography. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets you every time. Yeah. Oh, that's why I didn't recommend it. Think but do it in Edinburgh already. I've got an mm. idea for anyone who runs pubs out there. I think if you give in your mobile phone and they could charge it, that would be a yeah, that'd good be thing. Useful. Mm. That'd be good. Then you should get a discount on all the beer and food. I think if the whole of the pub is mobile phone free, mm. then that would create a better atmosphere. And if you want to keep hold of your phone, then that's fine. But you have to pay more because you're not contributing to the convivial atmosphere. Yeah. Did I tell you about when I got my phone nicked when I went to Marrakesh? No. So um, we were not <laughs> just lost. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Thanks for taking us off topic. I was with my friend in Marrakesh and our two children, and sadly, we were lost in the souk on the last day. 
and um, everyone had been to prayer. So suddenly we just swarmed by loads and loads of people, lost, and began to just feel slightly stressed and didn't have a clue where we were. And I'd put my phone on purpose in my front pocket and um, I suddenly just felt something. And I don't know, subconsciously, I knew automatically what it was. And I literally spun round, right? And the man is literally, I'm like this. And the man is literally like that, like like this with my phone. Mm. I just snatched it back. Oh, hardcore. Wow. Wonder Woman. Like, uh, my friend now calls me Ninja Sam and just went, fuck off. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And ran off. Come on. Bit of yeah. respect. She ran off. Bit of respect, Sam. Learn the language. Yeah. Um, just learn the language. Yeah, you should have got your little Berlitz guide out and mm. gone, well, I'll wait, just wait, wait. Well, I got it back. Well yeah, done. Yeah, well done. Strong woman. Yeah. Right. Was he sexy, the guy? No, he looked like a Moroccan chav. Um, <laughs> Moroccan chav, okay. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> he, no, um, you don't have to worry about that term. Almost. Yeah. I don't think it was, but it was almost like a tracksuit, cap. Okay, anyway, I got my phone back. That's Good. Good. Uh, and so but you I'm wouldn't not... be able to take it into the park. No, so, so. Um, how is that relevant to what we were talking about? Because the phone's, phone's important. Phone's oh, okay. I think, um, you know, just mild phone separation anxiety. Uh, it's a weird if one, isn't it? Walk into a pub, a restaurant, any public place now. I tell you what, the tube is a very good one. Watch how many people are just engrossed in their phone. But I you think can't it, even get messages on the tube, right? But people still scroll Games. through. I don't know what they're doing. But I do think it's a problem. I do think it's mm. a social issue, and I think I don't pubs, think you're alone. I think I think there's, there's yeah no. I mean, this is not a new idea, <laughs> but I'm I'm creating I saw a solution on my phone for the other day about it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to create a solution for it, and I think the pub, which has been struggling, should give people discounts if mm. they give their phone in. That's good. I've always said about you, Ben. Apart from our business and yeah. making it a success, you solve a lot of problems. Yeah, I do. Um, so I'm you're a problem, a problem I don't solver. Come, I, I don't. Uh, I, I, I take problems and I create solutions yeah and i think i've done that yeah um so i think the pub world should learn from us i think the middle east should learn from us as well because we are a chance yeah give Give a chance chance. (laughs) so that's that so uh give drinkers who give in their mobile phones a discount and people will start talking to each other the world will be better and if you instagram your drink or you instagram your food unless you're in it for business, you're a <laughs> moron. Oh, and we man. don't even do that. Listen to him. You caveated that so that we'd be safe. Uh, yeah. Well, we don't we do have it to. It's no, boring. It's boring. <laughs> I can't stand it. Anyway, so that's... Social media said yeah. an agent sometime. Yeah. Spit or swallow done. Well Next, done. we're doing Ding. a tasting. And Tom, you're up. What are you sampling this week? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There's stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to It's the Drink Talking. I'm going to sample some Irish whiskey, oh, okay. to be sure. <laughs> Uh, three. <laughs> it's the number three. Yeah, very good. Uh, How many are we sampling two? Uh, we're going to sample two. The reason I'm doing it is just because we're a bit beyond St. Patrick's Day now, but um, in the build-ups of St. Patrick's Day... <laughs> Yesterday's news tomorrow. Everyone was bothering us about features about St. Patrick's Day. Predominantly because it's, it's a big drinking festival and Guinness is obviously what a lot of people turn to. But Irish whiskey is resurgent, so I found myself writing a lot about Irish whiskey, and I thought, well, as I've already done the hard work, I'll just <laughs> cut and paste this into our podcast. So we're going to taste some Irish whiskey. And I think it's important to taste Irish whiskey. We talked about it a little bit in previous podcasts, I think, but it was the original whiskey. They were the original whiskey makers, a bit controversial for the Scots out there. But the history of Irish whiskey sees that they were making it as far back as the 13th century. Mm. Distillation. Yes, they've got real form in terms of the history. They had the biggest whiskey industry in the world up until the early 19th century. Everyone who was drinking whiskey was drinking Irish whiskey. Scotch whiskey really wasn't a thing, apart from the fact that it was illicit up until the 1820s. 1824, I think it was about. <laughs> it right? was, yeah, it was. Uh, they finally um, they passed George the legislation Smith. to make it legal. So, up until that point, Irish whiskey was, was ruling the roost, and um, they decided to turn their back on a piece of technology called the Kofi still, created by an Irishman called Enos Kofi, a column still, which was very useful for making a, a cleaner spirit quicker. They didn't want it. They wanted to stay with pot stills. Uh, they were passionate about it. Uh, John Jameson, he was one of the outspoken whiskey makers who said, I'm not going down this road. It makes a, a flavourless whiskey. The Scots embraced it, though, and that's when they started making blends. So did the, why did stills, the Scots embrace it? Because it's cheaper. Well, yeah, I just don't <laughs> think they wanted to spend as much money um, weird, but it was quicker and it gave them a grain whiskey which they used in their blends and then blends took off and at the same time prohibition in the 1920s was bad for Irish whiskey because that was one of their big core markets America and they lost that market the Scots got ahead of them and by the uh, mid 20th century there are there are two operational distilleries in Ireland after there being hundreds and it being a huge industry so we don't really look at Irish whiskey so much these days because of that history, but actually they were the, the pioneers of making it, and it is resurgent. And today we're going to talk about Middleton Distillery uh, specifically. Now, there are lots of Irish whiskies to try, but I've just gone for one distillery and two examples of pot still whiskey from Middleton. Middleton is where they make Jameson whiskey, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar, familiar with. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest Irish whiskey in the world, the most popular Irish whiskey in the world. And a great blended whiskey. Uh, used to be made in Dublin, but is now made at the Middleton Distillery in Cork. That's a blend, but they also make pot still whiskies as well. And we're going to try Redbreast 21 and Middleton. Middleton Barry Crockett. Now, <clears throat> these are, I should say, listeners, luxury whiskies and cost over £150 each. Ooh, um, what, for so, 75cl? Uh, no, for a full bottle, which you are not being exposed to because oh. that's at my house. Uh, <laughs> so I brought in very small samples for you guys because you're not worthy. You're not worthy. Thanks. And um, oh, look, I've got enough for you. I've tasted it. I had to taste it to write about it. So I'm familiar with it. 
The difference between Irish whisky and Scottish whisky is that they use unmalted barley, which gives it a little bit more uh, mouthfeel and, and flavour, a gr- more grainy flavour. They also triple distill, so they go through three Tree times. spells. <laughs> Thank you, Ben, Thank you. of uh, distillation. I think there's a bit of oak in there. Well, there should be a lot of oak in there because it's spent over 21 years in a wooden barrel. Mm. That, uh, is, so that is good gear. That yeah. is lovely. The unmalted barley in there is probably what makes it slightly more malty-ish. It's very um, floral on the nose, really. Well, they've used, there should be quite a bit of vanilla in there because they've mm. used um, ex-bourbon barrels, but they've also used first fill Spanish oak Oloroso, which might give it some of those sort of fruitier current notes. I mean, they take whiskey from different barrels and blend it together, although it's a single pot still whiskey and there are some whiskies in there that are old as 28 years and this is what Middleton has done it's been very careful about his wood management program carefully selecting the trees and the barrels that they use and resting their whiskey from 30 years ago so now we're starting to see lots of really mm. Mm, stunning yeah. luxury aged whiskies coming from Middleton and increasingly other distillers uh, tealings in Dublin that is delicious now I really is very very drinkable I don't know what it is you probably don't either (laughs) because it's just in my head what I'm thinking but Tom there seems to be a distinctive character to Irish whiskey I reckon I can tell an Irish whiskey from From a Scotch Scotch whiskey quite easily and I don't know what that is because it's unmaltedness yeah is it the unmaltedness because I think Irish whiskey for me sits between bourbon Bourbon and and Scotch. Scotch Oh, uh, they use a lot like of this. American oak. They use, they use a lot, a lot of American oak. Okay. Um, so the next one we're going to taste is uh, the Barry Crockett, and that is uh, unseasoned American oak casks again. Whereas this one probably slightly offset with some of that sherry oak as, to sort of balance it a little bit more. Um, the Barry Crockett is more the American oak, so you're going to really taste it in this one. Okay. Uh, so this is even oakier. And not even oakier, just more of the American expression of oak. And is it the same price? Is it the same quality? Around the same price. So the Barry Crockett sells for £150 on the whiskey exchange, and the Red Breast is £153. I prefer the Red Breast. But it's a bit more of an accessible price, and then Mm. you can start to explore the single pop Irish whiskies. I agree, £150 is not for every listener out there, but um, the Barry Crockett is named after the former master distiller at uh, at Middleton, who was a a ledge all round and started launching these Middleton rare expressions every year they have a new rare whiskey that they launch which is invariably fantastic and he was born in the distiller's cottage he's got a lot of history mm-hmm. associated with Middleton and uh, and he'd made very good whiskey but he's retired now so good luck to him <laughs> I hope he's drinking but if you do get into these I would also try the Middleton Dare Gaelic Tree 7 and that's the Tree 7 it's actually the tree, tree 7 it's Tree 7 which is 57.9% ABV wow that's been 15 to 22 years in American oak but they finish that in virgin Irish oak, which is taken from the Grinsall wood, which is starting to explore woods. And that's what they're doing now at Middleton. They're looking at how they best use American oak, but they're starting to explore all different you wood expressions. You just taste it forever. Like, mm. just goes I think the Barry that. Crockett could do with a bit of, a drop of water, water. to open oak. Mm. It's, it's definitely yeah, got... Tight. What was the ABV um, on the, the Barry Crockett's 46%, and so is the 21-year-old. The 21-year-old so 46% It's incredibly smooth. smooth. That's a, mm. Yeah, and they're both... Great, very, very complex. And Irish, which yes. not a lot of people think about Irish whiskey when they go into their whiskey cabinet. No, but, um, but it's, it's something that's very much mm. it's a burgeoning scene, isn't it? Massively. Yeah. They reckon there's going to be another 20 distilleries opening over the next five or ten years over there. So, yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. Buy out this stuff now because, you know, some of these limited releases are going to be worth a hell of a lot more in ten years. So buy it or just drink it. 
I just drink it. Well, it's Delicious. interesting. I uh, that's great because I used to go out with a girl who uh, was from that part of the world. She was really nice girl, very interesting, very funny. My mum liked her. Uh, my friends liked her. But why did you split up with her? Well, it was a bit frustrating. She the, well, no, it was just a bit frustrating in the uh, in the bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> why? You why know what I yeah. say? No. You can take the girl out of cork. <laughs> anyway. I think that brings <laughs> us round neatly to the next section of the show, which is, as ever, Legends of Liquor. And this week it comes from Sam, Beautiful Eyes, K-Porn. <laughs> um, who have you got this week? I have got Robert Mondavi. Oh, I know his, do you do his, know I know his name. The uh, African leader. No. no. <laughs> yes. Mugabe. Robot Mugabe. Um... <laughs> Robert Mondavi. He uh, uh, no, he's Californian. Correct. Ding. Um, he's he's involved in wine. Yeah. Ding. Um, he's rich. Ding ding. Um, <laughs> handsome. Oh. But he's deceased. So, oh, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's, dead. he's dead. Uh, um, he's dead. He died okay. at ripe old age in '94. Oh, so yeah. don't feel Good too lad. bad for him. So <laughs> Robert Mugabe was from Mugabe. Does Robert Mugabe make wine? Robert Von Darby was a really interesting pioneer of the Californian Napa wine scene. So when he started out, there weren't, you know, the highway and the tours around the vineyards and the wineries. He very much put Napa on the map. And also as well, he championed varietal labelling. So in Europe and particularly, you know, France everywhere, you've got Sancerre, which is Sauvignon. And in you know, Bordeaux, you've got to learn what the grape varieties They're are. deliberately bamboozling us. It does bamboozle the consumer. But here, he really was just championing putting the great writers on the label. So I think that's really helpful, and it's something that everyone just completely takes for granted mm-hmm. now. So basically, yeah, he's basically a, a leading um, California sort of like winemaker and owner, and also a massive philanthropist because oh, okay. he earned oh. um, so much money. So I used to work for a company called Constellation when I worked there, but it's actually now called Accolade. And they bought the Mondavi winery in, I think, 2004 for 1.36 billion US dollars in cash. I think they had quite a few debts, whatever, but it's a really famous winery. They make beautiful wines. And they also produce Opus One with the Rothschilds. So uh, one of the most, you know, recognised expensive wines. I've been to tasting at Opus One. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it's amazing. Is it quite fancy? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Does, it have a, yeah. does it have a, like a badge on the bottle? No. This is white. What, so what does it look like? It's kind of got like a blue edge. It's white, very quite classy, quite understated. And I think it's got the profile of two people on it. I guess one is Mondavi, Mondavi and the other is Baron Philippe de Rothschild. And why? I mean, Why? Why is it so good? What's the... So, I mean, it's just, you know, the best grapes, oak, age. It's just, I mean, like anything, it's obviously at that price, it's supply and demand. I mean, this is 250 mm. quid a bottle. It's very expensive. It's not that. That's... But no, it's lovely. And we... Um, <laughs> Says the man. Um, who <coughs> never spent more than six pounds. 3.99. <laughs> when my, my husband and I, um, in fact, we got engaged in California. Have I ever told you I won a trip, basically? And we ended up going to California and um, flew into LA, stayed at the Beverly Hills wheelchair where my husband proposed. And then we went to like Vegas and up to Yosemite and then up to Napa and finished San Francisco. And we did have an amazing trip visit to Mondavi ah. and, and to Opus One 
where at the time I was working in a wine magazine and so I got the full press mm. treatment. So it was Wicked. lush. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. cheap using your wine trip to yeah. propose. <laughs> and this is coming from someone who was same. a drinks trip and I proposed to I did you as well, yeah. I flew her over. I'd been flown over we for all, free. Uh, we so. all proposed in America. Are you kidding? Oh, do we? Yeah. yeah, I was at the top of the... Rockefeller. State. Rockefeller, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Where were you? Well, I was going to do it in Seattle, but it was too cloudy. Why... I won't look at it. And then I'm going to do it in Portland, yeah. but for reasons I can't go into. Yeah. They're not really this boring. Yeah. I can do it there. So in the end, I proposed on a crazy golf course behind, <laughs> behind a pub. It was not what I would have chosen, but it worked. It was it's fine. actually yeah, really yeah. nice. And I, and I lost it. Yeah, it's quite, it's, quite it's a brilliant place. Yeah. But it was. We walked back into the bar with the golf clubs, and yeah. that little guy goes, How was it? And I was like, Yeah. We just got engaged. Free no, drinks? Nothing. Not in a free oh, round of golf. Everyone's just carrying on drinking. I'll raise you that. They just, they just took the golf clubs off of me and went, oh, good. Well, at least they and let then you... I, and then this drunk couple oh. sort of went, congratulations, but that was it. It was rough. At least they let oh. you drink in there. So we did the, the sort of the Rockefeller. <laughs> and then um, I, I think I'd even reserved a table in the uh, Rainbow Rooms, which is the bar where Dale DeGroff mm. served up the Cosmopolitans and reinvigorated cocktail culture in New York in the 90s, a Cosmopolitan, you all like that, Sam, you're a lady. Um, yeah. Sex in the City <laughs> and all that. Bit. Uh, so yeah. we, we did that and we went downstairs so I, I got to the door and there was yeah. a man on the door it's like we're coming in I've just proposed to my wife we're coming in for a bottle Where of sparkling and he said you can't come in you're not wearing shoes you're not wearing shoes in this day but, and age well, and you, it, were, so well you were wearing I was trainers, trainers. yeah so I was, well, obviously like, I wasn't barefoot you were like they're converse well exactly so I had to run downstairs to Fifth Avenue and buy a pair of shoes to get into this bar how much expensive shoes? No, they were in Aldo. I bought them uh, fifty okay, quid. Good. But it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> scumbags. What is wrong with you? That is. Well, we actually were in a hotel bedroom with a bottle of champagne. Oh, okay. Uh, on the balcony. Nice. Yeah. See, that's nice. the summer safe. What happened? And you know you're going to get some yeah. action straight away. Yeah. Did you get? Did you <laughs> do it next to a bed? Did you give out straight away? I think it was actually post action. Oh. What? And you still provide? That's pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah. You got what you wanted. Yeah. So, but then it was hilarious. I don't know if you. Boys found this, but I think my husband found it quite stressful. So obviously oh, he'd been planning this. He'd designed the ring, had the ring all sorted, and I didn't have a clue what was happening. And so he was terrified. I think it was going to get you know discovered uh, going through customs and whatnot. So we got to the hotel, and I, I think because we'd won this trip, we did tend to get the skankiest rooms in all the hotels. We had to moan at every single hotel for an upgrade. And we finally got this really gorgeous room, and then unpacked. Um, sat around. I was kind uh, of just got listeners. Got Sam, not, Sam, it's not a drinks podcast. Sam anymore. just went, just said, unpacked and in inverted commas. Does that mean then, had sexy time? I think it might have done. And, uh, and then basically, as soon as he proposed, he basically just completely. I didn't get a word out of him for about two days. I think yeah. he was so emotionally yeah, no, it's, drained it's quite from stressful. experience. Mm. We sat at dinner and he literally was just. He was like, ca- it's ca- horrible. Catatonic. It's horrible. Maybe just terrified. But it's just so yeah, many implications. Yeah. So, like Claire was in a in a taxi. We were going to the Rockefeller and she was getting car sick. You're like, uh, <laughs> not now. And then just as we got in the lift to go up to the top, a school party of like uh. screaming teenagers was getting in the lift behind us, like. Can't get on one knee on the top of the Rockefeller with all these bell ends here. Yeah. It's just the whole thing was, it was quite just stressful. stressful. Mm. Yeah. So there you go, ladies. Should we have go, done we on go a golf for... course. Yeah. <laughs> no, Wasn't expected. Yeah. I find it's going to be a struggle now to get this back to Robert Rondardo. Yeah. Have I said enough? No, no, no. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, 
I think he's been misunderstood. I think, you know, you know they were right to take things. the lamb back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got one more thing to say about Mondavi. So basically, he set up his own winery. Amazing guy. He literally put Napa on the wine map because he focused. He'd been to Bordeaux and seen how amazing Cabernet Sauvignon could be. And he really focused on that. And he really wanted to bring kind of fine wines and quality to Napa Valley. So he really kind of was massively pioneering in that regard. He also created Oak Age Sauvignon and he called it Fumé Blanc. So like if you ever okay. see, and it's lovely actually, it comes in, it used to come in a beautiful bottle, like a big burgundy bottle. And so it's basically, yeah, Oak Sauvignon, which I love. And he just was a total legend and also a philanthropist. And so a really good guy. He mm. died uh, in May 2008, aged 94. And his wife, Margaret died in 2016 at age 91. And he really believed that wine was a part of gracious living and that, you know, wine and culture was really, yeah, really important um, part of life. And he sponsored lots of art projects and lots of artists would come to the winery. And when did he... Ed thinks we met him, but I'm not sure we ever did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... That's less of a some, useful anecdote. Something great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, he's a total and it utter be... iconic legend. But Ledge. not Ledge. so iconic that you can remember whether you met him or not. <laughs> we had drunk quite a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, right. him. And, uh, did I meet him? Not sure. <laughs> well, Ed thinks we did, and I'm positive we didn't, basically. Because okay. I yeah. would have remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would have been kicking and he, and he was catatonic anyway after... When did he? When was he sort of operational? Was it? So he, he he started operating 1966. Okay, so, so he's part of that whole kind of West Coast foodie sort of artisan yeah. thing that was going. So what he, was it his, called? Um, um, Muriel's Kitchen was it? Was that one of them? Uh, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they got one in London. Yeah, but basically <laughs> in the forties, his father bought a winery, the Charles Krug Winery, which he joined with his brother. But then he and his brother had a massive falling out because Robert Mondavi wanted to go in a different direction and create real kind of fine wine. So then he left and founded the Robert Mondavi Winery in 1966 with his sons Michael and Tim, and then started making really fine wines. But then they set up the Woodbridge Winery which was for slightly sort of better value wines. And I think Robert M- Mondavi always regretted the fact they went in that direction. Every time he's still saying Mondavi. <laughs> it's just so much. It sounds oh, like Mugabe. Yeah, Mondavi. Yeah, and then they, and then they, um, Mugabe making wine. But apparently <laughs> Mondavi always, always slightly regretted their change of strategy. They set up a winery in Lodi as well, where you basically get cheaper fruit. And they concentrated a lot on sort of the Woodbridge, more entry-level wines. Uh, okay. And that towards the end of his life, he really kind of was trying to steer things People back like to Tom. fine wine. Yeah, yeah people guys. just like Tom. Exactly. Well, no, only, only when it comes to wine. So that's my legend liquor. Well done, Absolutely Sam. Absolutely iconic was a good I, I like him. Robert I think he's been Mondavi. I like him. Millions, millions wouldn't. Yeah. In fact, but, um, and I, I think we should, uh, in May, I might buy a Mondavi wine. In so honour of uh, his uh, 10 yes. years. Yeah. R.O. Penis. Well yes, done. Nice. So, um, it's lovely. Lovely. Penis. Lovely. And great marriage tales guys mm. i think that was a beautiful <laughs> diversion so that brings us to the end of this week's podcast it was yet another cracker i think we can all agree it so was. thank you as ever sam welcome you're wonderful tom thanks. you were brilliant oh thanks as you, they're ben. both looking beautiful lovely thanks. eyes mm. Eyebrows. Good eyebrows. Yeah. and we Love will see you work. next week cheers cheers bye. bye this was a grand crew podcast from seven digital ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.